why do I feel the need to hustle? Why do I feel the need to get more done every single day? Like why were we so mesmerized by this idea of of girl boss culture? Like what got us about that? Mm-hmm. And what if we sort of, yeah, like untied ourselves from this capitalistic view of the way that we run our business and even especially like the way we manage our own selves? Welcome to Make Bank with Marie Wold. I'm Marie, and for the last decade, I've been helping women set and hit unrealistic goals while building their definition of a rich life. This podcast is your ultimate destination for unfiltered discussions about personal development, entrepreneurship, wellness, confidence, wealth building, relationships, and so much more. We're creating our dream lives together, and I'm so glad you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Welcome, welcome back to the show. This week, I am here with Alyssa Coleman, who I cannot wait for you to meet. Alyssa is a productivity strategist for creative entrepreneurs and the founder of your most profitable quarter yet. As a recovering procrastinator herself, she became obsessed with figuring out how the entrepreneurial elite were running empires, staying creative AF, and making it look all easy. And as you know, we love reverse engineering here, so I'm obsessed with that path. And as soon as she figured it out, her business did a complete 180. She's mastered the process of taking entrepreneurs from overworked and underslept to productive, profitable, and free. And from that, the Freedom Rebellion was born. I cannot wait to dive into the topics of soft productivity, automation, the post-girl boss era, to name a few. So Alyssa, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to dive in. I had a hard time narrowing down like where I even wanted to start, but I always find that my guests tend to teach the thing that they needed most in their own journey. And so I'm so curious what was the thing or the rock bottom or the fork in the road (laughs) or whatever the lightning strike that made you go from like the, I'm assuming girl boss hustle culture to now finding a better way. Yeah, no, you're so right. I am like my own ideal client. And honestly, it's such a journey being an entrepreneur that I find I'm like needing to, I'm needing myself at every new level that I get to. Mm -hmm. So for me, I've been a procrastinator my whole life. It's kind of just like I, it was like a personality trait for a a period of time. Like, what did that look like for you as a kid? Like, Think about, you know, university, every single paper I ever needed to write, I wrote the night before. I like, Mm -hmm. you know, was up all night with an energy drink. I was crying because I hadn't, you know, studied for an exam for like an entire semester and the exam was the next day. Like I was the person who would say, I, you know, I work really well under pressure. I'm doing a lot Mm -hmm. of air quotes right now because it's like such a crutch and such a justification because obviously I worked well under pressure. I had no, literally no other option. Yeah. So I I just was that person. And I kind of like honestly wore it as a badge of honor that like I work really well under pressure. Like, oh, I got it done. Like I still, you know, got an 80 on this paper, even though I started last night, like I kind of crushed. But the fact of the matter is, number one, I was like limiting my potential so much. But more Mm -hmm. importantly, once I started working for myself, I realized that that's just like not a sustainable way to live. There aren't those those external deadlines either. Like I operate in college literally the exact same way as you. Or I'd like outline my paper maybe like a couple weeks out and be like, I'm good. I can coast now. I'm so ahead. And then I'd be like the day before. Or I'd be rewriting it the night before because I'm like, that was shit. I'm so 
starting over. Right. Like, I don't know. I loved the chaos. Apparently, like I was Me in too. that but then once becoming an entrepreneur I was like oh like no one's going to like give me a deadline I need to like make my own self deadlines and productive and like feedback and all that like no one's grading this there's no the consequences are so much more vague that you end up like kind of not having that Mm -hmm. hammer drop that I feel like we needed yeah. Yeah. So when I started working for myself, I was that way. I was either not doing anything really productive at all, but somehow my to-do list was like so long. I had a million things mm-hmm. that I wanted to do, or I decided I was going to launch in like a week and then I was working <laughs> all week long. I had my laptop on the couch, like, and I just never really found any sort of like life balance at all because because mm. of that reason that like you can work whenever and I think really like when I started my business which was quite a while ago like there was this dream online that was like you can work whenever wherever whatever like as long as yeah. you have a wi-fi and your laptop you're good and like that didn't really work for me because I took that way too literally I was like yeah I'm working from my bed on Sunday you mm. know at 9 p.m like that's just yeah. eventually kind of became this like unlivable way of running a business and I was doing well. I had clients. I like, you know, was starting to grow my team, but I just like couldn't make it to yoga. I couldn't like do Mm -hmm. the bare minimum of what I kind of pictured my like dream life to be. And what I saw these entrepreneurs that I kind of idealized, like or idolized, you know, what I saw this lifestyle that they were living, I was like, that's not what it looks like for me. It looks a lot more like not putting on a bra for a few days and just like (laughs) it was just like messy, right? And so I tried to really like reverse and change. I got really obsessed with productivity. I was like, this is going to be my thing. I'm going to figure this out. And then I'm going to be like the best girl boss that ever girl bossed. And and I was really like, I don't know. I was just at this age in my life where I was obsessed with self-help books. Like I just was really in it to win it. (laughs) And so I read all these productivity books. I like went to master classes. I did all this stuff. And I just found that everything to do with productivity was so counter to what I wanted to do. Like everything was about getting more done Mm -hmm. every single day. It was about like maximizing every minute of your day. It was about getting up at 5 a.m. and like five minute calendar increment like dedicated to a specific task and stuff. Exactly. And like even the like prepping for your day was like get up at 6 a.m. Take a cold shower. Go for a run. And I was just like what the fuck? I love this this conversation because people who have been on this podcast for a while or have listened for a while know that like I was that person to you. Like I was in the courses. I was listening to the podcast. I tried the 87 step morning biohack totally, yeah. and I would like finish the morning routine and be like, I'm exhausted and I'm like, day done. Yet. What the hell? So no, literally really resonating. And then I would like start so that I would like I tried all of these things and like I was truly my own guinea pig for a while. And then I would start procrastinating on even doing the like morning routine. Yeah. So then it was like I was even f- f- further behind in the end. Anyway. Long story short is I, I, I sort of started like finding these little pieces and kind of re like redefining what I actually wanted. So I didn't want to get more done every day. I wanted every time I was at my desk to be more valuable. So I could be at my desk for four hours a day and that was mm-hmm. enough. I could take a week off if, you know, my boyfriend and I planned a random trip or like take 
Monday off if I was PMSing and I was just like, this is not the vibe. I'm not going into work today. And I yeah. wanted, you know, to know what the bare minimum was for me to do. I wanted to know that my business was running without me. And I wanted it to happen in a way that I felt was really ethical because like, you know, I was reading things like Tim Ferriss, four hour work week. And like a lot of it just really didn't feel like something I aligned with. Mm-hmm. So long story short, I started implementing all these things and it was, it took me a long, long time. But I remember specifically one day I was at yoga class and the the instructor was like, you know, thank you guys so much for making it to the 5 p.m. yin yoga class, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what the fuck? It's 5 p.m. Like <laughs> I am definitely missing something. Like I've missed a meeting. Like I've never been, I've never been able to leave my desk before, you know, 6, 30, 7 p.m. And I like just, I just remember laying there, you know how they're like, you can stay in Shavasana if you like, you know, want to. Yeah. I like didn't even start the class because I was just like mentally spiraling. Like what was <laughs> I missing? And until I realized like, I don't think I'm missing anything. And I actually made it here to, I finished my day. I like got my shit together. I walked to class. I made it to the class. And I was like, okay, something has shifted. And I went home and I literally wrote down everything I did that day. And Mm -hmm. I did the same thing the next day. And I did the same thing the next day. And I was just like, it was this light bulb moment of being like, okay, we're onto something. And that's when I kind of found what a really productive day looks like to me. And I, of course, have like refined and improved that over time. But it was that moment in yoga class that I was like, wait, I Mm. think we've, I think we've like figured this out. Yeah. I love that. I'm obsessed. I always am saying like business supports life. I'm always talking about how we can create businesses that are work around like our dream life, whatever that looks like for us. And I know you're a mom, like I'm a horse girl. We both love to travel. (laughs) It sounds like, and it's like, business doesn't have to be this thing that like dictates every hour of your life. And I love what you said about it's not about like just cramming as much shit into one day as possible, because that's just like the eternal hamster wheel of doom. Basically, it's more about like, how can we be effective? And how can we do more with less like literally the whole work smarter, not harder thing. And so I'm really curious once you kind of cracked that code, and you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm doing it. Like what, what are the things that are the non-negotiables for you where, you know, okay, if I do X, Y, Z today, like I moved the needle or like I kept shit running. Yeah. And I guess which one of those are, how do you know which one you're striving for? Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of have a couple different metrics that I follow. The first one is I like know what my money-making tasks are and like we are still operating in a capitalist society and like my business needs to support me. I have a growing team and like going back to the like Tim Ferriss model, I personally believe that like what we can do to practice feminism as an entrepreneur is to pay your team well and like, Mm -hmm. you know, not be – Anyway, I won't get on that soapbox. But I know my money making tasks are. Yeah, I'll prioritize this soapbox too. I'm, I'm <laughs> team payer. I am team payer team. Well, <laughs> right? Like yeah. it's kind of it was always something that I think was sold to us. Like just hire someone for three dollars an hour. That's like a livable wage where they are. And I'm like, are we? Are we all buying this? I, have we all yeah. just agreed that three? Like, anywho, so. <laughs> First things first is I crush my money-making tasks first thing in the morning. I do that every single day. It takes me under an hour. I know what those things are and I'm able to execute them very quickly now. And okay, that's something that's I- a couple examples of those tasks. Okay. So I'll give you kind of the categories. Like I, 
Yeah. Yeah. So the categories are number one, do your daily mindset work. Like that is as an entrepreneur, I think just kind of baseline. You have to do it. It's a mental game. That is what it is. Number Mm -hmm. two, focus on growing your community in some way. For me, that always, always, always comes back to growing my email list. My top moneymaker is through email. So I ask myself, how can I, what's one activity I can do right now to grow my email list even by one person? And I have my own list of activities that I know will do that for me. Of course, we have so much of this automated now too, but I believe in doing like tangible actions manually every day, if you can, to like take action in that direction because you can really like lean on your automations way too much, I think. So grow my community by one person at least. Nourish my community by some other way in some way. (laughs) What am I saying? Mm -hmm. Nourish my community actively in some way. So for me, that could be, it could be something simple like posting an Instagram story. It could be sending an email to your list. It could be, you know, reaching out to someone in the DMs and sending them a voice note if they have been asking you a question, like just something that provides value to your audience. How can Mm -hmm. you do that right now? And then make an offer. And I do this every single day. It sounds so simple and that's because it is. But as soon as I started implementing this, and like I said, it takes me under an hour, I was able to just like by 9.15 know that my day was almost taken care of. So number one, I cr- – Well, I 90% of people way. are not doing that every day. Right? Like, it's kind of crazy. And it yeah. Sounds, oh, duh. You should sell something and make some like, like make some content and help your, help your people and like – but most people are not consistently doing at least one of those things every day. And then they wonder like, why, why am I not getting clients? Why does no one yeah. want Why? Because we really overcomplicate yeah. entrepreneurship and like, it's really a messy, crazy world once you're in it. And I so experienced that. Like I said, I, tr- I would follow this, like try everything technique mm-hmm. where I was like, well, maybe I'll start a podcast. Maybe I need a webinar. Maybe I'll do a membership site. Like you see other people succeeding with these things. So anyway, it can be so confusing, but I've found that the more I simplify, mm-hmm. the easier it is for me to execute. So I do yeah. those four things. But then from there, the other way that I know that I'm having a really productive week is I just follow my calendar. And my calendar only has my biggest projects for the quarter reverse engineered. So I know you said mm-hmm. you love reverse engineering. So like yeah. <laughs> this is probably up your alley. But like at the beginning of a quarter, I set one goal and that's it. And I say, okay, if I want to have X done by the last day of this month, what do I need to do working backwards? And mm-hmm. I put those things in my calendar at the beginning of each week. And I just do those things. Everything else, in my opinion, is a bonus. Like every mm-hmm. other thing that I'm working on, those are bonus things. Those that, That's research. That's extra support for your team or your community. But I just if I just accomplish that, then I know I'm moving the needle. Yeah. Love that. Okay. So then my question is inevitably, how did you shift from more is more? And like, I, if I, cause I know that I personally struggled with this and sometimes I still find myself in this pattern. My clients struggle with this. Like, okay, I finished the things that I said I needed to do by 2 PM, let's say, or whatever. How do you then not be like, well, then I should use my other hours for other things instead of like, oh, I'm, I can be done and I can feel good about that. Like, how do you break that belief system of like more is more? Yeah. Honestly, it's really hard. (laughs) 
And I, I honestly, I think it's like kind of one of those things where it's like a muscle that you get better and better and better. And what I always tell people, because I have the exact same uh, feedback from clients is like, well, I finished that. So then I just started working on this. Yeah. And what I always say is then work ahead on whatever your next project is. If you have, have mm, that like, adding something new. Yes. If you have yeah. that urge and you're like, okay, hey, I'm here, I'm at my desk. I don't know what tomorrow is going to be like. Maybe let me just get a little more done. I'm feeling the momentum. Cool. Mm-hmm. Work when you have that momentum. I love that. It, that's, that is productivity. But continue. Okay, so then what's on next week's schedule for this project? Get yeah. ahead. Push your timelines. That but is don't so add something cool. new. Yeah. That is I know. So simple, but so good because I think that's how we get off track, right? It's like, okay, I'm chugging along. I'm in a good spot. Oh, what about this thing over here? Instead of like, okay, how can I just like keep following the track and get ahead of schedule? Like that, yeah. to me, that is so like underrated. Like for some reason, I don't think that occurs to people. Including me, yeah. like, I sometimes like, oh, what else can I add? This <laughs> is shiny I object have to thing. say, with my one-on-one clients, I literally have this like section in the in this like software we use to communicate that's called random ideas, and it's just like mm-hmm. this section where I get them to put all of the random ideas, and it's literally always full <laughs> because mm-hmm. this is just the mm-hmm. entrepreneurial brain, and I've got the same thing. My my you know notes on my phone are full of like forty ideas that I will probably never do anything with. But then every yeah. once in a while, like nine months later, I'm like, wait, didn't I have a genius idea for this? Yeah. And you go back to it and you can bring it to life. But the thing about it is the more productive you are, the more space you have to be creative. So the more yeah. that project is actually done, not you're halfway done and then you start something crazy and new and just like this random idea that you're following, you get to execute this creative project without feeling guilty at all. Because mm-hmm. what I see people do is they're like, I followed my inspiration, which like we think is a great thing, right? Like you, you're just following your inspiration. It seems whimsical and dreamy and like the thing to do. But then you follow that in- inspiration and you didn't finish the thing that you started and you didn't finish this new inspiration. And then now you've left yourself overwhelmed, feeling kind of like just – yeah, yeah, like underwhelmed with the results that you created, and now you're guilty you in all directions. Things and nothing actually to show, like nothing to yeah. your work. And it just yeah. doesn't feel good, right? Like, mm-hmm. so give yeah. yourself the space to be able to execute that random creative idea, and like, or the space to say, like, what if I just try this? And if nothing comes from it, then it doesn't really matter because I'm I've already hit my target for the month, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think everyone can relate to that feeling of procrastination when it's like you know that you should be doing something else and then you're like scrolling social media or you're like messing around on Canva or whatever the hell it is that day. Like that other thing that you know you're supposed to be doing is hanging over you. So you're not even enjoying it fully. Like you, there's that sense of just like dread or like the cloud hanging over you of like, I'm not supposed to be doing this. (laughs) I know. And you know what? I always like joke around that we all have our procrastinate tendencies. So like for me, one thing I'll always do is like procrastinate clean. And like if I yeah. find myself rearranging a cupboard, I'm like, fuck, what am yeah. I putting off right now? Because there's no way this cupboard actually needs to be like, I don't yeah. just need to clean There's no way this like, is the top priority of my life. Okay. Right like I'm putting something off. There's people who procrastinate squirrel. And then, you know, there's so many, like, we all have our own tendencies. So it's funny that you mentioned that, like, hiding out in Canva. And it's like, oh, suddenly your Google Drive is totally reorganized. And I'm like, hmm, (laughs) what's going on here? (laughs) Yeah. I think everyone can relate to that. And everyone has their own, like, procrastination tendency, like you said. So then 
do you like have you been able to get clear on why we do this like why do we procrastinate when we know like especially the people who are so clear like I have big goals I know they're important to me I really care about them I'm passionate like we have all the ingredients for why we should should do the thing and want to do the thing but then we put it off or we have shiny object syndrome or whatever it is like what is your take on why we do this, even though we know it's not helpful? <laughs> yeah, like we all know we shouldn't procrastinate, but like that's, you know, it's it's the siren just like calling us. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've sort of narrowed down two reasons that I find most people procrastinate. And like there's obviously a lot of other things like, you know, whatever, look into your own mental health and like make sure you don't have ADHD. But like there's usually two main reasons for the most part, that we procrastinate. The first one is there's some sort of fear around the thing that you have to do. Mm. So you're either afraid to actually do the thing. Like I used to put off my bookkeeping like so hard Uh, because it would just stress me out. And like luckily now I have a bookkeeper, but when I was doing it myself, like I just knew no matter how many times I had done it, when I get in there, I'm like, oh God, what is this? And like, Of course, I mixed up my personal and my business like accounts and, you know, whatever. So I was afraid of doing the thing. But also sometimes we can be afraid of what happens after you do the thing. So if you are launching a new course or something, you're like, I'm putting off doing the launch because I'm afraid no one's going to buy and then that's going to look weird. Or like there's usually some fear tied to it. But the other reason a lot of times is perfectionism. So and I do this all the time still where I'm like, waiting for this perfect moment to do the thing. It's like, I want this webinar or I want this thing to be so perfect that like, I just need, you know, no distractions for a full day. Or I just need, you're waiting for this like perfect. And you just like light my incense and like set up the lighting and like have Have three drinks. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to be this like perfect situation. And so you, you're you so precious about it and you care about it so much that you end up procrastinating on it. So mm-hmm. I usually find one of those two things. And the best way to figure out which one it is and to overcome it is to do some kind of journaling and just be like, literally start your journal of why am I putting this off? And mm-hmm. this doesn't have to be, you know, don't let anyone see this. You can burn it up afterwards. But like usually I'll write something down that's so stupid and like embarrassing and just nonsensical, but it's your subconscious mind, right? It's trying to keep you safe in some way. It's like you feel dumb when you go do your bookkeeping or you're afraid that you're in the red right now. So you're just going to avoid it. And sometimes once you put it on paper, you're like, oh, that's actually kind of silly. And I think I can overcome this. But once you know which one it is, then it's a lot easier to do something about it. Otherwise, it's just this like, it's almost like a magnet, you know, like two mm-hmm. the two right sides of the magnet. They're just like repelling you from doing mm-hmm. the thing and you can't figure out why. Yeah. And I find that every time I'm like in that trap, if you will, the longer I put it off, the bigger True. it feels, right? Like it's just like growing and growing. Yeah. And it's like, it's like that like story that like by the 10th person, it goes from being like a yeah. little dog, to like a dog the size of a house or whatever, like not Clifford, mm-hmm, the big mm-hmm. red dog vibes, but Clifford, Clifford <laughs> energy. Yeah. Like that game of telephone in your own brain of like, how, how did I build this small thing up to be it's, right hard? And then when you actually do it, you're like, 
damn it, why why did I torture myself with this for a week when it took me 20 minutes? It's like, always some exactly. It's always something that takes you no time at all. Or like the first step is usually something super easy. So I always tell people like write down if you don't know how to do it. A lot of times people will put stuff off. They're like, I just don't like, you know, some new technology or something or like, you know, you got this new software and you're like, oh, I know I need to make my checkout, but like I just it's going to be a whole thing. The first step could maybe be like YouTube how to do it. Like that's the only thing on your to-do list. And once you've done that, then the rest seems so much easier. Or reach out to someone, your friend who you know already has this software and be like, how do I do this? Like do you have five minutes, you know? So sometimes it's like taking that super simple first step that ends up snowballing and the rest kind of becomes easy. And sometimes it's still hard, you know? Like that's kind of the truth. Like sometimes it is still hard, but it's literally never as hard as we make it out to be, I feel like. I feel like my thing is always like, let's say I'm planning for a launch or a new webinar or some some sort of like creative thing that yeah. is is maybe a bigger project. Like I always just put outline like yeah. or, or I'll even make it a whole task of like create deadlines for this. Like true, it's true, literally true. just outlining the project or like outlining the the webinar instead of like sit down for three hours and do your slides and figure out exactly right. what you're going to say. Like if I can just sit down and figure out what I'm even doing and like what the process looks like, I'm like, oh, okay, I can do this. Wait, I, I got this. this. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. And I, I actually... I tell people that all the time because sometimes people tell me like what's on their to-do list and it's like start a podcast. That's like one thing on the to-do list. I'm like that's yeah. 77 things, you know? Uh-huh. So like break your to-do list down into something smaller and then just, you know, I swear by something called the Pomodoro where you basically set a 25-minute timer. You close all your tabs. That's like the important first step and set a timer for 25 minutes and just do like the first three things on your list. Yeah. And it, that might be, you know, just reach out to someone who has a podcast YouTube this and and outline, you know, what you might mm-hmm. want to talk about. And it's actually, you know, it's a lot less scary when it's not just podcast and you're trying to cross that one thing off, but like yeah. it's really a six-week project. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just having clarity on like what does this even mean and what is it actually going to take takes away that like s- scary mystery piece. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. that actually is really hard to have. Like the like sometimes you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. So I get that. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've we we've all been there. So I want to kind of wrap the idea that like, okay, rest and play are productive. And like, how can we detach from like more is more and the, the toxic hustle culture side? But like, what in your experience helps people actually believe and embody that like rest is productive? Rest makes you more creative. Like, is it literally just you need to trust it and do it and see proof of concept? Or is there (laughs) some other thing that we can do? Because I know that that's the thing is people like, well, I'm scared. Like, it's hard. Yeah. Convince me. Convince me that it's real. Totally. And you know, like I actually have a complicated relationship with this question because I was that person that said like self-care is the most productive thing you can do. Mm-hmm. And I actually am starting to feel more and more like maybe self-care is just self-care and it's not tied to how much money you can make and it's not tied to like why don't we just take care of ourselves because we deserve to take care of ourselves. Why don't we just have a fucking hobby that we're not monetizing because it's enjoyable. And I think like I am so that person who turns every new thing I do into how can I turn this into a business? So I'm not like the spokesperson on this, but it's something I'm personally working on too. Like 
you know, what if it wasn't take mm-hmm. the hot girl walk because it's productive? And what if I it's because that. it feels really good yeah. and you're doing it for you, like, you know? You can do something fun just for the sake of fun and enjoying yourself and pleasure. Yeah. And like that, that and what if it's enough. more of a mental exercise than even – you know, taking care of yourself so that you're more productive. And it's more like, why do I feel like every thing I have to do has to have some sort of tangible result? And I think that's like a question that all of us maybe need to ask ourselves. And it's 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 part of this whole deconstruction that I'm, you know, I've I've been working on for years and years in my business of asking myself like, why do I feel the need to hustle? Why do I feel the need to get more done every single day? Like, why were we so mesmerized by this idea of of girl boss culture? Like, what got us about that? Mm-hmm. And what if we sort of, yeah, like untied ourselves from this capitalistic view of the way that we run our business and even especially like the way we manage our own selves? Like, I mm-hmm. was treating myself in this sort of oppressive way as my own boss. <laughs> like, I was my own boss, you know? Yeah. It's it's kind of crazy. So I, I don't think I answered the question, but... Um, no, but you did. Like, that yeah. was a really helpful <laughs> reframe of like, okay, what if it doesn't have to be that rest is productive? What if rest is just the right thing for you to do for yourself? Right? <laughs> it's like, like intrinsically like, valuable. <laughs> yeah. Right. It just is rest and yeah. it's really and that's that is valuable in and of itself, but not valuable in the same currency as yeah. work, right? Like it's a different currency. But I think what you just said about like I'm I was a terrible boss to myself. I think for a lot of people, and there are some times where again, like I'm I'm certainly not perfect, and I will fall into these patterns even still. And I've been doing this for ten years. Is like if I told someone else what kind of boss I like if if I was like yeah my boss is making me do this 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 and this they would be like oh my god your boss is so toxic you need to to report them to HR like blah 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 right so it's like you just sometimes like zoom out and have like an objective look at what we're doing and if you've just become a slave to your business, then we need to like course correct somehow because I know pretty much everyone starts their business for freedom and flexibility yeah. and like the the financial freedom and the abundance and time and like all of that. And then we just give it away. Like exactly. Slowly, we just sacrifice all of that in yeah. search of like more revenue, more clients, more followers, more, 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 more. And yeah, like I had to fully burn out before I exactly realized that it wasn't worth it. Like it wasn't worth it to double my business every single year, year over year. Yeah. Because I did that. Dude, I did that. That was my, my goal too. Yeah, yeah. I did that for like five years in a row. And I was like, okay, I'm like not happier. Like, right. like right. this much money versus this much money. And I actually am just a slave to my business. And then that was really when I was like, okay, I'm going to like really dedicate a lot of time to like horseback riding. I'm going to do now this year, I've done a four day work week. I'm going to like have these non-negotiables that are not even related to my business or my revenue. And in my experience, we've grown a little slower, but it's like such a better just time. Enjoyable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like the metrics of success need to change. And and that's not to negate like 
the truth of the matter is sometimes when you're first starting your business and you have a full-time job and you're starting a business in the margins yeah. of your life, like that's going to look messy and you're, and don't measure yourself by, am I doing a four-day work week and blah, blah, blah. But I think there are so many ways to build the life you want into the business that you're creating and doing it right from the beginning is so valuable because like the story you're describing is the exact same story that I lived. And it's, 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 so, and I have so many friends who've done the exact same thing and been there and burnt out. And it's just like, why? Who programmed us to believe that this was what we needed? And that's why I, I say, like you mentioned in the beginning, like we're living in the post girl boss culture and in the post girl boss era where so many of us are like, why you know, do I want 20K months, 30K, 40K months? Like mm -hmm. that can be your goal, fine, great. And and absolutely nothing wrong with that. But also some of us are here saying, actually, what I would love is to be making 10K per month, work three days a week, be able to stay home with my daughter and also not have any one-on-one -on -one clients because they're, you know, it, it's becoming exhausting and I want a passive business. Like, mm -hmm. The metric of success sometimes isn't just that dollar sign. It, it can be so many other things. And I think we almost like trivialize those other things. It's like, mm -hmm. yes, we can have those things if you're hitting your yeah. profit goals. And if it's like, well, what if both are equally weighted? And that's like a, sh a big shift that I, I see happening with like almost all entrepreneurs. Like, of course, we yeah. have monetary goals, but sometimes they're not just for the sake of it being more money than you made last month. Yeah. Have you seen that meme? That's like, I can't believe that women fought for the right to work. That was a terrible, <laughs> <idea>. <laughs> literally. No, for real. Sometimes I feel like that. And like, I really do feel like, I, you know, a lot of us have kind of like been sold this idea of like, retire your husband. And like, mm -hmm. you know, this was this whole rhetoric that was happening for so long. And I'm like, I'm ready for my husband to retire me at this point. <laughs> right. Like, why are we the whole, why are we putting more pressure on ourselves? And like, not again, not to go on my soapbox, but like as women, there's so much that we hold just mm -hmm you know, by default. And mm -hmm. I think we were sold this dream of like, yeah, you can do everything and you can make more money and you can retire your husband and, you know, you can have this family and you can work from wherever. And it's like, mm -hmm. when does that become? And also make it look easy and like you're having a great aesthetic. time. <laughs> yeah. And make your house look fucking cute. And like, you know, it's like, oh God. And be when nice. does it become too much? You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Before we wrap, like I want to carve out a little time to talk automations because I know this is something that you're an expert on. And I know that that's something that also people hear and they're very intimidated by it. Like True. it's this thing of like, well, does that mean like the, the AI <laughs> is running my business or like robots. <laughs> overlords? Like, are they running my business? Like, what does that mean? And also you said, I think that some people get too deep into automations, which I've definitely seen happen too. So like kind of paint that picture of like, what does it look like to have automations in your business? Why is that important? And why does that support like the type of productivity that we're talking about? Like the soft kind? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I do know that a lot of people are sort of intimidated by the word automation, but generally what I do when I first start working with people is I just get get them to paint a picture for me of what they're doing every single day. If you have mm -hmm. one client or if you have a hundred, you are probably doing a series of processes every day, week, month, or year that 
could be replicated by a robot. (laughs) Not to scare you, but like you could literally just automate that email that you continue to send. If Mm -hmm. you're always, you know, welcoming people into your community in a Facebook group, like we can automate that. If you are always manually sending over your contracts, we can automate that. If you have to reply to the same emails about what your availability is as a photographer for a wedding next summer, like we can automate that. So it's Mm -hmm. really just looking at the things that you are already doing consistently and trying to take a few things off your plate. And there are always ways to do that. And I generally try to look at the things that take you the most time but make you the least money. And how can we automate those things first? Because they're really just not a great use of your time. And if you can have a little piece of software that does it for you, it's going to make such a huge difference in your life. And so there are a few, like what I mentioned in the beginning about the, you know, growing your audience, nourishing that audience or creating some value for them and then making offers. I also try to automate each one of those areas as well so that when you are offline, you have something working for you in those same three areas that you know make you money. So those are the like first areas that I always like to start. Yeah, love that. So then what are a few of your favorite like underrated automations in your business that maybe people wouldn't see as like obvious, like maybe those hacks, if you will? Yeah, Okay, hacks. Well, I'll tell you like my favorite automation, the thing that I think kind of everyone should be doing is some kind of like community nourishment automation. I really like to have some very like valuable email sequence that you're sending to everybody who joins your community. It's simple. It's maybe you've heard of it before, but if you don't have it in place, which I find so many people don't, and if it's not converting for you or it's not really doing anything, then it's a place that I would go back to immediately because the return on investment is so high. And what it ends up doing is creating almost clones of you. So rather Mm -hmm. than thinking of it like the robots working for you, think of it like more Alyssa's like more salespeople just out there in the world doing what you already do. And what I like to do is like think about what you often do when you find someone new, you know, like when I first, you know, found out about you, what did I do? I went to your Instagram. I checked out a few things. I clicked over to your website. I looked at what your, you know, offers are. I checked out the podcast. I tried to figure out like, what's your deal? What's your philosophy? What's your style? What's your thing? And so I like to kind of duplicate that and like do that work for someone entering my audience. And I think that's like a very productive thing to do. So nobody has to like binge and try to find all the things that there are about me, especially like similar to you. I've been online for a long time. I've done a lot of podcasts and posted a lot of freaking videos. Like there's a lot of stuff out there and not all of it is, you know, the the thing you need to see. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's not all the gems. So I like to think of it like if I'm hosting a party and I need to be in the kitchen like making lasagna or whatever, I hope that I have someone else there, like my best friend, to when someone comes to the party, welcome them, give them a hug, show them where the drinks are, tell them where to put their coat, like introduce them to someone who they like might have something in common with. Kind of show them around. And it's not just so that the people who come to the party have a welcome because they could probably walk in, you know, mingle. 
but it's so that those people will have a better time at the party. It's so that those people are likely to stay longer at the party so that they're going to come back to the next party you have. Like Mm -hmm. it's really creating that experience and that vibe for people who join your audience. And it makes such a huge difference. I think everybody should have this like, you know, phase one of starting your business. Yeah. That is such a golden example because one, I don't think a lot of people when they hear automation think like email sequence, right? Like it is an automated sequence, but I think a lot of people immediately go to like this thing triggers this and this then triggers this. Right. Blah, 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 blah. blah. Like this whole domino effect automation. Totally. You have those in my get into. Yeah. (laughs) It's much simpler than that. Like you can start a lot simpler. And also the example that you gave was kind of the the antidote to the fear of like, oh, well, if I automate my business, then it's going to feel not personal to people anymore. Yeah. Whereas you're like, okay, how can I bake in like this really juicy personalized touch point that sets the tone and brings someone into my world and like gives them the vibe, right? And that yeah. like feels very personal and feels very on brand instead of like, how can I make this as hands-off, like as hands-off of a yeah. experience? as possible because I think it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, it's kind of like shifting your intention. And I think the truth is like AI and automation are literally finding their way into everything we do now. And so it's kind of like reframing how you think about it is so important because it's going to continue to like change every industry that we interact with. And so the sooner that you're able to like kind of understand how you can make it work for you, the easier your life's going to be. And and mm-hmm. I just really think it's something that can be brought into every single industry, whether you're like a brand new coach or whether you have, you know, software or whatever. It's like, it's a skill that we all kind of need now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I want to wrap with just a quick, like rapid fire list or like short list of what are your favorite must have either tech platforms, productivity apps, tools, project management, like what do you live and die by in your business on a day-to-day basis that helps you work smarter, not harder, and like have the effective productivity that we were talking about? Okay. Number one, Google Calendar, like literally Uh, my daddy, like I would die without Google Calendar. Everything. (laughs) Literally, if I find out you use iCal, like we're going to – like it's going to change my perception. No, Google Calendar. I'm also obsessed with Thrivecard. I do almost all Mm -hmm. of my stuff in there. I think it's a great all-in-one platform. I personally use Trello with my team and all of my clients, but you need some kind of project management software. And like those are kind of the big – Three. If I if I only had those, I think I could I think I could still run a business. But then I mean you can get in the weeds. I I am definitely one of those people who gets in the weeds with software. I will like use Calendly. We have a texting service. Like you know, I have so many different mm-hmm. things. But I think I if I if I could start over, I would really simplify and just use that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where do you run your email list? I use ConvertKit. Cool. But I think honestly, they're all like other than Mailchimp. <laughs> They're shade Mailchimp. <laughs> like no, they're all getting Mailchimp. Truly, <laughs> as long as you're not using Mailchimp, like they're all like pr- getting pretty comparable now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think the biggest thing is honestly just freaking choose. Like in yeah. in that note, especially like in the email list world, just pick. Same thing with like project management. I see people and agonize over like, is it Asana? Is it ClickUp? Is it Notion? Is it whatever? And I'm like, just 
pick one, like whatever looks like it's going to be the most intuitive and like make sense for your brain. Just go, just pick and learn it and, because- like, and commit to it. Because like yeah. I have a couple clients who like literally change pro- software and they're like, now I'm in Notion, now I'm doing bullet journaling. And I'm like, girl, this is taking up more time than yeah. actually the learning <laughs> curve of yeah. switching platforms constantly. It's just like too damn expensive. So too you much. need to pick. But I'm so glad you said GCAL. I'm so glad you said Thrivecart because I am diehard for both of those. Yes. And we use ClickUp for project management in my business. But again, it's like just choose. Like yeah. there's They're multiple great, good ones. Honestly. There's not a wrong choice. So just choose. Yeah, totally. Have, yeah. A, have a project management, have a calendar, have a checkout, email people. I feel like mm-hmm. – is that it? I mean, that can be it. That can be like, it, right? Be it. And then we use uh, Zapier to connect anything that doesn't like net- natively integrate. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I unfortunately use Zapier for everything too. <laughs> yeah. We need it. We need more native integrations, but it is what it is. <laughs> Let's not end the podcast on that. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. Okay. Well, tell people where they can find more of you, where they can join your email list, which is apparently popping. Like where do they get all of the goodies from Alyssa? Yeah. So my website is alyssacoleman.ca and you can find me on Instagram there as well. If you want to know more about the daily non-negotiables that I talked about today, like what those four money-making activities are and like some examples, you can get that alyssacoleman.ca slash big where I give you a bunch more examples like that. So if you want to carve out an hour a day, that's where you can do it. Love it. Thank you so, so much for sharing your wisdom. I loved this conversation. And somehow we just like dropped right in. Like we were on the same page (laughs) from minute one. So I'm always like obsessed with episodes where I just vibe with the guests. So thank you so, so much. Really appreciate it. Everyone go send Alyssa love, jump on her email list, grab her freebies because she is redefining the girl bossing and I'm here for it. Thanks for having me. This was a really good conversation. (laughs) 